It's on yours too. Hey guys, what's up? Jason at Hard Money Bankers and Ian Horowitz at Equity Warehouse for another episode of our live show that we've been doing every day um, since uh, some craziness has happened. Uh, we want to keep everybody up to date with what we're seeing in the real estate market. And also we've been bringing on a lot of industry experts as well um, so they can share their experiences with everybody. So today is April 8th. Uh, we're starting a little bit earlier and we're going to dive in related to what our thoughts are related to have, have we seen the real estate market uh, impacted at all um, uh, currently? Has the real, as the local, at least locally, has the local real estate been impacted? I'm curious your thoughts. Um, so if anyone's watching this and they have any insight, feel free to comment. Uh, even if you want to hop on the show, maybe we'll we'll put you on for for a few few minutes. But I'm curious. So all real estate agents, investors, professionals, just anybody out there, lenders, um, I'm curious to see what your thoughts are. Um, so this is my opinion right now. So I believe that we haven't really seen a hum a humongous um, anything, humongous change. Uh, Number one reason is this is just this just happened uh, very very quickly over the last thirty days, so there hasn't been too much time for the market to react. Number two, I just don't think that a lot of sellers in general uh, have enough pain right now in order to just completely discount their properties and completely un unload them. Uh, they're just they're just not not enough going on right now. Um, you know, real estate still not business as usual. That's not the right term, but business is still getting operated, and real estate is still uh, operational. You know, we've talked to so many experts locally, and and a lot of them believe that real estate is continuing, uh, kind of to do its thing, slower but continual. But you know, sellers, for instance, it's not like there's going to just be an influx of motivated sellers right now. Now there may be in the next coming months if they can't pay their mortgage. Um, but obviously, like banks can't foreclose, right? So uh, sellers are are you know kind of in in place right now even if they uh, unfortunately aren't able to make mortgage payments uh the same as tenants right now you know they're kind of in place even if they can't uh make make this so i think in the long run um obviously we're going to see some potential issues who knows in what direction uh but i think as of right now at least for the next few months probably into the into the summer i don't think we're going to have too much impact and what i've seen on the lending side which has been interesting is I believe that some of the, I don't want to say unsophisticated real estate investors, but the real estate investors that I think have been trying to die to, you know, fight to try to get deals have been finding deals. That being said, I don't believe that they're the best deals out there because the sophisticated real estate investors who've been in this game for a long, long time, you know, they're trying to cherry pick and try to find the best of the best deals. And I don't think there are the best of the best deals out there right now. I'm sure there, there are some, but not that many because there's just not that many distressed sellers and there's nobody that has the pain point or the urgency to sell. So you're not going to get, you know, a 30, 40, 50% discount on a, on a deal right now. But I do see some real estate investors um, who haven't done many deals and, uh, you haven't done too many deals. And all of a sudden, some of the bigger investors that normally would bid up these properties aren't doing that. So they see an opportunity and they're going all in and trying to capitalize on them. And, you know, who's to know if that's, you know, the best decision or not. Yeah. And that last part that you were just talking about uh, with newer investors and experienced investors, what they're seeing and what they're doing right now, um, I think it's going to help dictate what the market holds in the future. Um, you know, with that being said, you're, uh, when you look at experienced real estate investors, you know, that obviously they have a certain metric that they're trying to meet 
you know, is that metric moving up? Is it moving down? Is it moving left? Is it moving right? What, you know, what's it doing right now? Um, from what we've seen and what we're dealing with, there's still deals out there, you know, how you want to deploy your capital and um, what you're looking to do and what your goal, your overall goal to achieve is. There's still deals out there for you. Um, it's, it's just a matter of you having a, you know, your business plan or what you're looking to do inside of your portfolio, whether it's flipping, wholesaling, um, owning properties, whatever it may be. Um, you know, those are, there's definitely deals out there. You know, it's just, how are you matching your message? How are you connecting with uh, sellers? How are you connecting with buyers? If you're a real estate agent, how are you navigating uh, certain situations right now? Um, the other part where you're bringing up newer investors, you know, it might be a very scary time. Things aren't as clear cut, but it is a great time right now to go out, take action, gather your team, you know, put, assemble, uh, your team. Now's a great time to find contractors that are slow on work. Um, now's a great time to come up with a, you know, what your business plan is going forward um, and how you're going to implement it, you know, especially since everyone is on downtime. I know I, I was just talking to Jason about a few ideas that uh, we personally had over here at Equity Warehouse and implementing them now um, because we see a fit in the market for, for what we're about to implement, you know, and the question is, how do you bring it to market right now? The good news is that everybody is kind of on a down, I don't want to say downturn, but everyone's, you know, paused right now. So it kind of gives you a competitive advantage um, to the fact that somebody's not getting ahead of you. You're there right next to them and you're both moving. And it's not like someone could just go out and do something tomorrow. Um, everyone's kind of moving at a slow, slow pace right now. Um, over the long term. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say over the long term. Uh, look, you know, betting on real estate is similar to betting on the stock market. When you bet on the stock market, you're betting on the American economy. It's a similar situation with real estate, right? Everybody needs a place to live. How those properties are getting funded, what are they being utilized for? Again, goes back to you know what's going on in the economy. So you know, yes, right now, I, you know, I know we discussed it yesterday briefly. Is that in the short term, there's not going to be a major hiccup. The major hiccup we potentially see is further down the line when there's realized losses, when people can't catch up on mortgage payments or rent payments. Obviously, rent evictions will Scott, you know, go up a little bit quicker than mortgage foreclosure just because of the time process. But if you start to see evictions going up, most likely you're going to see foreclosures go up. And, you know, you're looking at 12 to 18 months, potentially 24 months, uh, depending how these situations are handled by the government um, and everywhere else. Yeah, I mean, time will tell. No one's going to be able to judge this exactly right. And, you know, what we've been kind of talking about, which we're implementing in all of our businesses is, you know, if there's a good opportunity right now, take advantage of it. If there's a good opportunity tomorrow, take advantage of it. And, you know, it doesn't matter when that opportunity, when that opportunity comes in, you know, if it's a good one, um, you know, jump in and, you know, guess what? If you're in this for the long play, the long term, really equity is somewhat of a fake number. You know, if you're Ian and you're buying rental properties right now, today it's worth a hundred, maybe tomorrow it's worth 90, but guess what? You have it stabilized and you have a good tenant in place and you have a good asset and long-term it's going to be fine. You don't, really have to worry as much. Obviously, it would be great if you bought it today at 100 and it's worth 110 tomorrow, but let's say it's worth a little bit less or and it continues to decline as long as the rental rates stay work, you know, the, the deal ends up the deal ends up working. So, I mean, I'll tell you that personally, I've seen opportunities right now. Now, that being said, we're a little bit more uh proactive inside the markets um just cuz you know, we have, you know, access to a lot of, you know, I'm looking at a lot of deals on a regular basis. So, like I see opportunities 
And, you know, we put properties under contract. We're still actively lending. So there's a lot of, you know, positivities that I see. That being said, I do think it's hard if either you're just getting into the game or you're a real estate investor who, um, you know, hasn't done much marketing, doesn't have a huge presence. Yes, just hasn't put in the heavy lifting. Um, I think that's going to be hard to find opportunities because they're not just going to jump out uh, at, at you. I mean, that being said, a lot of the bigger investors who, you know, were reliant on doing tons and tons and tons of deals, they were buying at auctions because let's be honest, you know, some of most of these auctions, at least offline are kind of not operational right now. The online stuff is, but everyone's looking for deals. But I don't believe that some of the real bigger real estate investors are going to continue to hop in and just buy whatever deal they can get their hands on. Because in the past, they would, you know, they would get skinny margin deals and they make it up for volume. Um, so some of those investors will be out of the will be kind of sidelined for now. But you got to be careful as a newer investor to jump in on a deal just because it was a good deal a month ago might not be not might not make it a good deal today. And, you know, you got to be smart related to how you're you know, how you're, how you're looking on it. I mean, I get calls from all of our repeat borrowers and a lot of um, other, other real estate investors that have reaching out obviously to see if we're still lending and we have been actively lending and, you know, we're not going to stop lending. There's no need to, right. Are we going to adjust our, our metrics? Are we going to adjust our underwriting? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And we are, yes, our clients are going to need a little bit more cash to close. Yes. They're going to need, um, you know, to have a good deal that's involved. Right. You know, a good deal in play like that. That's the game. Uh, I think a lot of people were not stuck, but they were used to kind of the way that things operated over the last five years with you could buy a bad deal and not really execute very well on it. And you could still get out of it because the market was was appreciating. You buy a deal today, you sell it tomorrow and you still make a little bit of profit and you kind of didn't even really know what you're doing, but it st still worked. And don't get me wrong. That's a that's a fine thing to do. There's nothing wrong with that, right? Like that that works, but that might not happen right now. That being said, you know you can you can still buy an opportunity and still make money in in this particular market. And you know I know we're always going to be buying and lending, and you as well. If the market's going like this, the market's going like this, the market's going like this, and you just have to adjust accordingly. One hundred percent. To go back real quick, to go back to. Um... When you're talking about the big boys, not just locally, the guys that are big players, you know, that are out, you know, trying to get their hands on every single um, deal that's out there. But I've had some discussions with some of the bigger players that are um, closer to the read size levels is that, you know, they still actively, you know, these guys are buying two, three thousand houses um, in a whole region. Uh, um, and uh, hey, Glenn, I got my Carhartt shirt on. Uh, <laughs> I'll, you know, explain, guys, I'll explain in a second. Guys that are buying two to three thousand houses in certain regions, the problem is that they can't get the uh, Wall Street backed money. You know, so the question, yeah, looking forward, is that there could potentially be a hole that those guys can't go out and buy what they normally want to buy, um, and grind out. So it could get real um, competitive for us smaller investors again to be able to get our hands on some deals that normally get gobbled up by the you know the big 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 players. So. Um, that's potential good news, you know. Um, obviously, yeah. there's a lot of lot of downside risks that everybody's looking at right now. But going forward, some of that downside risk that the you know the big boys are trying to mitigate ultimately gives us a hole to get in and play on. So yeah, and and I'm hoping that real estate investors listening to this and real estate investors in general don't panic as the market decreases, um, depreciates, and 
they make smart, wise decisions and don't just unload something because, uh, I mean, again, don't get me wrong. You should cut your losses if, if it's a bad deal and you want out of it and it's just brain damage, but you know, residents and, uh, and tenants are going to have a hard time paying rent obviously for the next few months. And that's usually a pain point for real estate investors who have very skinny margins on their rental properties. And they're going to get nervous that, Oh, well, I didn't get my thousand bucks a month of rent. And now I didn't get another thousand. Now I get another thousand. They're going to get nervous and potentially try to unload it and make an irrational emotional decision because they're nervous on that. Hopefully you have enough kind of, you know, cash flow and you have enough, um, you know, you have enough reserves that you can weather the storm until everything's kind of back up and running. And, you know, hopefully you bought a good asset to begin with because you make your money when you buy, obviously. And hopefully you have the right tenants in place that you can work with in order to get, um, you know, some of that some of that stuff in place. So I wouldn't worry too much about it. And, you know, if you have the right if you have the right deal, you know, hold on. Now, listen, if it's completely brain damage, like personally, I don't love a lot of rental properties because, it just keeps me away from our core business of lending. So that's me personally. Um, and they're pain points to me. And, you know, over the years, I've sold properties at prices that weren't the best prices just because it was a pain point for me. Um, and, but again, it just depends on who you are and what it's at. I mean, I know you're not going to, in. I know you're not just going to unload a property because someone's not paying rent right now. Like that's just not part of your business model. You're a sophisticated um, rental property owner and that's your business model. So to you, Hey, I've got all these rental properties. You know, one might be a complete dog. One might be a home run. I got a lot of them in the middle. And if you, you know, whatever you cost, you average all of them combined, they're fine. And that that's typically what oh, happens. Now, if you only have one rental property and it's not performing, I can understand someone might want to just jump ship on it. But I, I would, I would be caught. I would, you know, be cautious unless you, you know, think through the whole process. I would say. Right. And it's weird that people can look at a stock portfolio and say, they automatically say, I need to diversify. First words out of their mouth. Oh, I need more, I need different types of stocks. I need different types of stocks. But in real estate, you know, you bring up a very valid point is that most people don't take the time to look at their overall portfolio. There's no, yes, when you look at your portfolio, or I look at my portfolio is that I have one bad property or you have one bad loan, right? Everybody has a bad apple. The problem is, is you need to, most people don't take the time to step back and look and say, okay, I have five houses. And if one house isn't performing, the other 80% are doing great. And yes, that's, that's hurting me a little bit. My hand needs to go here. That one property's hurting me a little bit, but the other four are doing very, very well to help me get through this bump in the road. And then I can go back and fix property number five. Um, just like with you with loans or us with rental properties. Yeah. I get how it's very easy at the beginning to say, okay, well, I have house one. It's a home run. I have house two. It's a home run. I bought house three. It's a stinker. I don't want to buy house four because I'm afraid, right? But if you keep pushing along and you can diversify your portfolio, just having local market diversification um, and the overall portfolio, the type of property you have, the more diversified you can get, obviously, the better sure. you do over the long term. And be able to mitigate these types of issues gotcha. currently. Few, so. few few things outside of real estate. Something related to this shirt right now, and some other mm -hmm. stuff. So Ian and I weren't originally planning to to do uh, a live today since we've been going strong, and uh, I'm actually doing a, a two hour <laughs> event with a lot of other private lenders throughout the country today. So I was preparing for that, but we found this other software that we're using now. Uh, everybody comment if they like this new software. There's some actually some cool tools. More importantly, we just want to make sure it was streaming 
you know, the, the streaming and the quality and the audio and video were good because we're having some issues with that and we don't really want to use Zoom. So we found this new software. Let me see if I can, uh, oh, there we go. I can actually change that uh, while, while we're talking. That was the one if we just kind of branded this ourselves. Um, but the cool thing is, is we're able to, I was able to figure out a way to stream it onto multiple platforms at once. So it was supposed to be streaming. Um, I was, it was supposed to be streaming to hard money bankers, which it is and Ian's equity warehouse, uh, page. I don't know if it is to that, but on the, the upgraded account I have now, we can stream to two different places. And if I upgrade even more, we can stream at five different places. So obviously we want to make sure everyone can have full access to it. So this is our first time using it. You know, there's a lot of things that, that we can do to mess around with it. And this might be the one that Gary Vee uses because I've been stalking his page to try to figure that out. And, you know, we use BeLive for a while. <clears throat> I think Zoom has kind of the best, <clears throat> you can see each other the best on Zoom, <clears throat> but um, it doesn't have any branding or functionality. And I don't think it's meant to, <clears throat> to do that. And uh, no, it's not uh, Crowdcast. It's called StreamYard. <clears throat> StreamYard. Exactly. So it's like it's like be live in internally and it's nice. Um, but and also as people comment, you know, like Glenn just did here, you know, it pops up. And the only reason I think it's the same one Gary uses is because his comments look like that. Um, yeah. Although he has probably something super custom that that he created. But who knows? Maybe not. You know, the issue with a lot of these softwares is most of them are <clears throat> completely like web based. So, you know, it takes a lot of bandwidth from your individual computer. You know, it's not my computer. Ian used a good computer that he had, and he did one um, the other the other day, and his completely overloaded and shot his computer, and he had multiple guests. So with Zoom, we know that's not going to be the issue, but then we don't have any fun banners and graphics and logos and changing well, colors. Well, it's, nice like it's nice to bring the interactive questions <clears throat> so everybody Ex can uh, – Exactly. So okay. – We'll get we'll get a guest on this platform soon, and and we'll hopefully you know it can handle it. So it'll be it'll it'll be good. All right, well let's wrap up. Anything else we yeah. should talk about related to real estate, and then tomorrow we'll tell everybody what, who, who's on tomorrow and Friday. Uh, no, I just seen some things. Uh, I do know a few people in a few uh, approved PP on varying time frames for the money coming in. What I can tell. Um, some people are saying seven to 10 days, but people are saying three or four weeks. So that's good news that I've heard there. Um, recently, I've seen some stuff about forbearance agreements, uh, servicers not being allowed to charge late fees um, and other junk fees from what I can tell. Um, I'll get some more news article. Blake just sent me a really good one last night that I want to read the whole article on, bring some news about that uh, tomorrow. Um, and it's then on tomorrow, tomorrow. And I'll go over Friday. Yeah, I was going to say, I believe tomorrow we have on Steve Cavanaugh and Alex Pardo. Um, they're going to jump on here, talk about some mindset stuff with us tomorrow, 1230. Um, it should be good, you know, especially guys that are looking to start or even experienced guys that are just mentally can't uh, cope with what's going on right now. It'll be a good mindset uh, uh, video that we're going to be doing tomorrow. So definitely jump on, take a look. What we got Friday, and and then Friday you've you got your property manager for your recent multifamily that you purchased. How how many units was that? Uh, thirty four units. Out of West <clears throat> thirty four units. So one of the things I was thinking about, and and hopefully we're going to get some invo more involvement from uh so, from guests on this or anyone listening or watching who wants to jump on related to this. It's going to be a new case study segment, and it's deals that are are getting that have been getting done over you know recently recent deals that have been um purchased, sold, rented, lent out on. I'm happy to share all the loans or, you know, 
case studies related to some of the the, bar, the loans that we've been doing, you know, that's no problem. But just in general, um, if anyone has good case studies that, uh, you know, read, that we've, please. yeah, you've done over the past few, yeah. uh, over the past few weeks since all this has been going on, whether it's something you had under contract leading into this and that's why you still closed or why you walked away from a deposit or whatever it may be. We'd love to hear the stories. If you don't want to come on here live, we understand. Shoot us an email, uh, Ian at Equity Warehouse or Jason at HardMoneyBankers.com. Um, and shoot us an email. We'll gladly read it. If you want to share your experience, we'd love to have you on here live um, and check it out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think there's a lot of – there's a lot of uh, – <clears throat> people can, can learn a lot from just hearing case studies. That's always been a really good topic um related related to things so deals that are getting done right now if you have a good case study you know happy to happy to share some of that that information yeah. um yes Pete, uh, Donnie. also also we have a uh also we have a um our meetup group is next wednesday hold on ian and i were just discussing the topic for that and we we've got a few guests coming in as well related to that but <clears throat> the meetup group is next wednesday we're going to talk about gearing up your team and setting, you know, putting all your affairs in order uh, for as things kind of, um, you know, shake out, uh, you know, you'll be in a good, you'll be in a good spot moving forward to make sure you have, you know, have your good team in place. And, you know, Chris and I, in our private lender group, we're actually talking about a similar topic today as well, um, you know, for, for our private lenders. So yeah, that's where we're at. You know, the meetup will be fun on Wednesday. So we'll see everybody. What time is tomorrow? 1230? Uh, 1230. Yep. 1230 tomorrow. We'll try to do the best that we can to uh, set these events ahead of time. So, you know, just so it doesn't just pop up in your feed. Um, I know the Hard Money Bankers one is on our page now. I don't know if Equity Warehouse's Facebook page picked up this feed or not. If it didn't, I I'm going to have to figure so. out. If not, yeah, I'm going to we'll... have to figure out a way uh, to do it. Who's, An who's Antonio? Should we get him on? No, Antonio. He's our buddy. Uh, he's our main contractor. Just got a uh, just got back from Honduras visiting his family. He's back. We uh, we sent him out to West Virginia. He's grinding it out. Was he? Um, he was able to get back into the country afterwards. He, yeah, he missed the cutoff. Okay, so, yeah, because I know people that are, you know we know people that are out of the country that are having a hard time getting back. Um, yeah, right, we well. canceled we canceled the mastermind event. The Aryan, oh, yeah. uh, Mike when Wagner. <laughs> supposed to be the third week in March. And they're like, yeah, we're going. I said, well, I'm not going. I'll just lose my money. Um, and then right at the last minute, they canceled it. And then I think the next day is when uh, they closed the border to Mexico. Were so they, it would have been interesting. Were they able to get their money back from their management company? Yeah, because it, it was Airbnb. Uh, and I think everybody got refunded their uh, – Yeah. Our, I think we got we got a refund on whatever day excursion we were supposed to do, one of them. And then the other one, we're getting a credit for whenever we do the event again. Um, and then everybody obviously got their airline credits back. So, but good. Um, good. You'll circle back. No, I definitely, definitely like this software better and uh, look forward to tomorrow. Yeah. We're going to have to bring some guests on and see if it can hold the bandwidth of it. That's my only concern, but so far so good. And uh, you know, we'll do it. We'll do it again soon. See everybody at 1230 tomorrow. See you guys later. <laughs>